This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. But don't worry about that, Pilate, because I know that one of those thieves is gonna join you, Pilate, as one of those thieves will also dethrone himself and make me king over his heart, will make me king over his heart. And you don't worry about that, Pilate, because from that cross, I'll say to both of you, Pilate, and to that thief, today, you both will be with me in paradise. This could be your day, Pilate. It could be your day. Pilate, when you would be with me in my kingdom of paradise forever, all you have to do, Pilate, is follow the candle of hope that I'm holding out for you and have come out of your darkness into my light, dethrone yourself as your king and make me the king over your life. And just like that, you'll be in my kingdom. That's what he's saying here. And those were the great words of hope that Christ gave to Pilate when Pilate asked Christ the simple question in verse 11, or we are verse 11, art thou a king? To which Christ responded in John 18, 34, John 18, 34, sayest thou this thing of thyself? That was the candle of hope that Christ was holding out to Pilate as he ventured, Christ ventured deep into the dark depths of Pilate's heart. That was Pilate's chance. He could have come out of his own darkness into, into Christ's marvelous light. Now, we think about it, we say, oh, well, are you kidding? He's the top of the top of the top. He's a Roman governor. He's got everything, but when we look back at it now, you know, it ain't John Brown's body that's rotten in the grave, it's Pilate. He said, should have done it, Pilate. Should have done it. Should have done what the king says, Pilate. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Fill me, O Lord, with thy desire for all that know not thee. Then touch my lips with holy fire to speak of Calvary. That was Pilate's chance. That was all that Pilate had to do to come out of his personal darkness, all anybody has to do, come out of their personal darkness into Christ's kingdom of love and light. Make him king, just make him king. So there was Pilate in the cave of his own darkness, his own heart, there was Christ standing there holding out that candle of hope, inviting Pilate, make Christ, his own personal king, and the choice is now Pilate's choice to make him king of his life or not. And so when Christ asked Pilate if he was asking, 
if he was a king because Pilate saw that he was a king, the ball was clearly in Pilate's court. Make the decision, Pilate. Either at that moment, make Christ the king over your heart or not. And in that moment, as the light of Christ flashed in front of Pilate's eyes and Pilate understood, oh, Jesus is talking to me personally. He's talking about me personally, seeing if I see that he's a king. He's inviting me to make Jesus, to make him the king of my life. And just at that moment, just at that moment, not long, but long enough, just at that moment, Pilate knew that the ball was in his court. And Pilate knew that he had to make a decision and he knew he had to respond to Christ's invitation and Pilate knew that he had to speak. And what Pilate did not know was that Pilate's response to Christ's invitation to make him a king of his heart would determine if Pilate would be spending Pilate's eternity in Christ's kingdom of heaven or if Pilate would be spending Pilate's eternity in Satan's kingdom of hell. So faced with this choice, with Christ standing with the candle of hope in his hands and Pilate's dark heart, Pilate gives his response to Christ with a pushback in, in John 18.35, John 18.35, when Pilate says, hey, am I a Jew? Do I look like a Jew to you? And with that response, Pilate pushed Christ back from him. Pilate pushed Christ back, and back went the candle of light, and back came the full darkness into Pilate's heart. When Pilate said to Christ in John 18, 35, am I a Jew? Pilate was saying to Christ, you are the king of the Jews, and I'm not a Jew, and, you should, and, and that you should be my king, I'm not a Jew. You're only a king of the Jews, and I'm not a Jew. And the answer to Pilate's argument which is a good argument, by the way, as a, the pilot, but there's an answer, and the answer is, yes, Christ is the king of the Jews, and yes, you're not a Jew, and so Christ is not your king, but the answer is, yes, Pilate, Christ is the king of the Jews, but Pilate, salvation is of the Jews, and Pilate, if you wanna be saved, you have to become a Jew, you have to become a Jew to have Christ be your king, the king of the Jews, as your own personal king. Pilate, the God of the Jews is the only God. Newsflash, Pilate. The God of the Jews is the only true God. There's no other God but the God of the Jews. There's no other God except the God of the Jews. You have to make the God of the Jews the God of your life. And yes, Pilate, in order to make the God of the Jews your God, you gotta become a Jew but there's a way for you, Pilate, to become a Jew, and the way is called grafting in, from Romans 11, grafting in. You, Pilate, can be grafted into the Jews so that you can become a Jew and you can have the king of the Jews be your king, your God. And as Pilate understood this, Pilate said to Christ in, in John 18, 35, John 18, 35, thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. So Pilate, when he said that in John 18, 35, John 18, 35 says, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. Pilate was saying to Christ, Pilate was arguing with Christ, you want me to become a Jew? To make you my king? You just look at the Jews. The Jews are the ones who are delivering you to me to kill you, to destroy you, and you want me to become one of them? 
You want me to become a Jew to make to 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 to, to make the king of the Jews to be my king? So Pilate, that argument needs an answer. That's a good question again. It needs an answer. Pilate's argument needs an answer. Pilate is saying, how can I become a Jew to make Christ, who is the king of the Jews, my personal king, when the Jews are the ones who are killing you now? They're crying out, kill Christ. And to Pilate's argument, the answer is, oh yes, Pilate. Yes, you're right on, Pilate, except for one difference. Pilate, there are two types of Jews. There are lost Jews and saved Jews. Lost Jews, granted, are the majority. And they are the one who are calling for your death. But then, you know what, Pilate? There's a few of them out there scattered, hiding right now, but they're there. They're called the saved Jews. They're the minority. They're called the remnant. And they're calling for Christ to be exalted. And Christ is not the king of the lost Jews. Christ is the king of the saved Jews. Satan is the king of the lost Jews, and Christ is the king of the saved Jews. So this is what's happening. It's very intimate. It's very important, this personal conversation between Christ and Pilate. And for those moments when Christ and Pilate were in conversation, it was as if there is nobody else there. There is no crowd there. As if there was only Christ and Pilate, as Christ was holding out to Pilate that candle of hope, inviting Pilate to see Christ personally, that he was the king of the Jews and wanted him to be his own personal king. He should become a Jew in spirit, and Pilate could make Christ, the king of the Jews, Pilate's king. Good. And as Christ spoke to Pilate and extended this invitation to Pilate, Christ accomplished what Paul told Timothy about that conversation in 1 Timothy 6.13, 1 Timothy 6.13, when Paul said to Timothy, Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. That was a good confession that Christ gave to Pilate when it looked ridiculous. That re- it looked ridiculous. There's Christ, a bound prisoner standing before the Roman governor Pilate. And Christ not only confesses that he was the king of the Jews, but he's also holding out to Pilate this candle of hope, this invitation for Pilate to make Christ his, the, the king of Pilate's life. That looked ridiculous. And that was also very dangerous for Christ to say those things to Pilate but Christ didn't care how ridiculous it looked because Christ didn't care how dangerous it was for him to speak to Pilate that way. Christ cared for Pilate's soul and therefore as ridiculous as it was and therefore as dangerous as it was, Christ held out hope for Pilate and that was 1 Timothy 6.13, 1 Timothy 6.13. Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. And so when Christ was asked by Pilate, and Pilate responded in uh, verse 11, Matthew 27, 11, verse 11, Jesus stood before the governor. The governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. When Christ said it to, to Pilate, Thou sayest, Christ was saying to Pilate, Pilate, your own mouth. Your own mouth has just said that I'm a king of the Jews. You come a long way, Pilate. Good boy. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go on further and say that I am now your king. 
Say it, Pilate. Now, with that intimate conversation between Christ and Pilate, it's over. And now the chief priests and the elders have entered onto the stage and we've got our attention on them. In verse 12, verse 12, and when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. He is being accused of many ridiculous accusations like he said he could destroy the temple, kill him. He said he is the king over Caesar, kill him. He said we shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar, kill him. He said he's over the Sabbath, kill him. He said he's a, he's a rebel against Rome, kill him. So all these false accusations are, are by the chief priests and the elders are, are being yelled and they're causing a confusion and, they're, 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 and, and as they go through all those different uh, accusations, it's like stanzas in their song of hatred all coming to the same refrain. He ought not to live, he ought not to live. And Pilate knew that all those accusations were not true. He knew that. But Pilate wanted Christ, defend yourself. I'll take your part if you defend yourself. You gotta speak. Jesus, you gotta speak. But, verse 12, verse 12, he answered nothing. He answered nothing. And this frustrated Pilate. So that Pilate said to Christ in verse 13, verse 13, then said Pilate unto him, hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? Pilate is saying to Christ, it's not just one thing they're accusing you of that's not true, it's many things you're accusing you of. I wanna let you off, but you gotta speak. And Christ remained firm. In verse 14, verse 14, he answered him to never a word insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. The word marveled, as I mentioned, means admired, admired greatly. Christ's position was immovable. He answered him to never a word. Pilate was astounded to the point where the governor admired him greatly. And what that means is that Pilate said, I never saw anybody like this before. He admired Christ in his silence, and so do we. There are many reasons to worship Jesus Christ. But one of the reasons is right here in these verses. We worship Christ because in verse 12, he said nothing, he answered nothing. We worship Christ because in verse 14, he answered to never a word. Pilate admired Christ for his calmness as Pilate thought, this man is on the brink of going through the crucifixion, which was the most horrible, the most painful, the most terrifying death that man has ever devised. And he's calm. He's not drugged, and he's at ease. He's at peace. Pilate admired Christ because of this, because Pilate had never seen a response like this from anyone. And Pilate is wondering, what is the source of this man's extraordinary calm and peace? and he's admiring Christ. Christ in his silence before his accusers is admirable. And this is the person of Christ. The person of Christ is admirable. Christ as a person, as we see him in all his life, is admirable. The problem is, the problem is, it's what so-called Christians do that's not admirable. What so-called Christians especially in the Spanish Catholic Inquisition have done against Jews, that's not admirable. What the Christian Luther, Martin Luther, has said against Jews, that's not admirable. But Christ in his person is admirable. The problem is that what so Christianity has done 
is not admirable. What Christianity of the Crusaders have done, that's not admirable. What Christianities of the Ku Klux Klan have done, that's not admirable. But what Christ has done as a person, that's admirable. The problem is, is that the Jewish people are taught in the history of the Jews about what the so-called Christians have done to, to the Jews, and the Jewish people are taught of how Christianity has murdered Jews. But Christ in his person, totally different. He's admirable. That's why when I was interviewed by the Israeli news station in Israel called I-24, and I was asked, are you a Christian or are you Jewish? And I said, I am Jewish. I'm not a Christian. I'm a Jew who loves and worships Jesus Christ. I'm not a Christian. Because I know that they're taught the Christians murdered Jews. It's this difference between how Christ as a person is admirable, but Christians and Christianity is not admirable, it came to a head this last Thursday. Why, what happened? I'd driven up to Palm Springs on Thursday to meet a Jewish cousin who I'd never met before. He was 94 years old. I never met him before, he was 94. And before going up to meet him, I was on the phone with this 94-year-old cousin, and he said something, and he said, oh, Christ, something like that's swearing. So I'm driving up there at Palm Springs, I'm talking to my other cousin in Ohio, and she tells me, Tommy, do not talk to him about Christ. And I told her, well, actually, he already brought Christ up. <laughs> but I decided to do what my cousin said. I said, okay, I will not talk to him about Christ, I will not talk to him about God, I just wanted to get to know he and his wife, and, uh, and I want them to get to know me. So we talked in their living room. I gave them my life story. I said nothing about Christ or God, and they invited me to spend the night in their home. But his wife was not feeling well, and so my 94-year-old cousin and I went alone to the Italian restaurant in Palm Springs, and she stayed home, and she asked us to bring her back some spaghetti. Well, we did. So at the restaurant, we had a nice conversation, and, and he asked me, why have you come up to meet me? Why have you come up? Why have you really done? And I told him, I said, well, I'm 72, and I'm feeling pretty poor. I said, I'm, I'm in poverty, and I want to become wealthy. I want to become rich. And when I have relationships with people like you, then is riches for me. That's wealth, and I want to be wealthy. And he told me, I said, okay, that was fine. And then he told me that he and his wife were atheists, atheists. And I said, why isn't everyone an atheist? I asked him the question. And he told me, he says, it's because they can't accept the inevitable. And I said, well, what's the inevitable? He said, dying. Okay. We drove back to his home. When we got back to their home, his wife was in a rage. And she ordered my 94-year-old customer to get into the bedroom. And I stayed in the living room. And I heard her shouting at him, well, did he indoctrinate you? Did he give you his propaganda? And I thought to myself, this doesn't sound good. So she came out of the bedroom and she was loaded for bear. And she said to me, I know who you are. And I said, well, who am I? I said, I know. She said, you're all over the internet. You're a missionary. You try to make Jews to become Christians. You hire girls. Don't tell me you don't. I read it. You hire girls to go around trying to make Jews Christians. 
and I just don't feel comfortable with you being in our home, and I'm psychic, and I don't want you here. And then she turned to my cousin, she said, do you realize who we let into our home? How do you know that he really is your cousin? How do you know that he's not an imposter who's just saying he's your cousin? And my cousin said, well, if he is, he's done some really good research. And she said that she had called her children and they looked all this up on the internet together. Their children said, why did you let him into your home? And he said, they're ready to come and get you out of the home. And I said, well, they don't have to, I can leave. I know how to walk out the door. She says, do you know what's written about you? I said, well, I don't know. So she produced her phone, her cell phone. And it's all those articles in the Jewish papers that are against me. And I said, well, those are written by my enemies. Well, how about listening to my side of the story? And at this point, she's sitting down and she's eating her spaghetti. And she says to me, get over here. So I go over there, sit across from her. She's eating her spaghetti and all. And um, I said, look, I don't force anyone. I don't try to make Jews to be Christians. I'm not a Christian. I'm a Jew who loves and worships Jesus Christ. I'm not a Christian. I'm not a part of Christianity. And then I said the words, I hate Christianity. And when I said that, it was like a light came on in her mind. And she said, oh, you're talking about the person of Jesus. And she says, well, he was a good person. And so I said, yes. I'm talking about the person of Jesus. I'm not talking about institutions. I'm not talking about churches of Christianity. I hate Christianity. I love the person of Jesus Christ. I am Jewish. And that changed everything. And then it was unbelievable. She says, oh, please spend the night. We want to come down to Loretto to visit you. <laughs> and I said, Oh, I said, well, you want a copy of my autobiography changed? And, and it was, yes, oh, we've seen that all over the internet. Oh, look at the cover, he looks so adorable. First I'm the devil and now I'm adorable. And look at the print, it's large print, we can read it. And everything changed. And then came the test. And the test was kind of like, are you really a part of us? So she pushes her half-eaten bowl of spaghetti towards me and says, here, you want to eat this? <laughs> I can see it was her saliva. Anyway, and so, you know, she'd be, and her fork was still in it, you know. And so I knew I had to eat the spaghetti in order to cement the relationship. So I said, yes, yes, yes. I just had dinner. Really. And that was the point where my cousin says, give him a clean fork already. So <laughs> I ate the spaghetti. Anyway, what made the difference last Thursday? What made the difference is when I said, I'm not a Christian. I'm a Jew who loves and follows the person of Jesus Christ, but I'm not a Christian. When I said that, I broke the link between the person of Jesus Christ and Christians because Mormons are Christians and Catholics are Christians and Jehovah Witnesses are Christians and the Ku Klux Klan are Christians. I'm not a Christian. And when I said, I hate Christianity, I am a Jew who worships and obeys the person of Jesus Christ. When I said that, I broke the link between the person of Jesus Christ and Christianity. And then, you know, my alarm went off and she said, what's that? I said, well, it's my pills. I got to take my pills. I said, and I don't have my pills. I was a little shell-shocked, to be honest with you. I wanted to go home. And so she said, well, give me a list of your pills. Maybe we have them. So I'm going through the list. Yeah. <laughs> It was about half of them she didn't have. I said, listen, I take 12 pills. I don't think you got them all. But anyway, then I hugged her to say goodbye. And she said to me, I'm sorry for the way I reacted. 
That was pretty big. She, along with Pontius Pilate, knew that the person of Jesus Christ is admirable. And when we see Jesus Christ in this passage remaining silent in these verses, we see a person who's admirable. As ever a person was, we see the one we worship, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sharing your son that you love so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.